You wanna hear a good joke? Nobody speak, nobody get choked. Sports fans, it is Friday here on 891. K-H-O-L and Teton Sports Talk is here to bring you a little bit closer to your weekend. I'm your host, the horse, Massey Zeman, and down in Texas, Graham Trainer. Wait, hold up. NBA Commissioner Adam Silver Silver's calling me again. Again. Sorry, two, weeks, two weeks in a row. Y'all are butts. Slitterman. Slitterman, what's cracking, Commish? Hmm. I, did I hear the news out of Phoenix this week? Yeah, the Super Bowl was there, of course. Duh. KD? Yeah, he plays for the Nets, an Eastern Conference team that Kyrie used to play for that I don't have to worry about. Am I sitting down? Yes. Uh-oh. The Suns? But... But we just got out of there. But... No! So we just did a repeat of the last open? <laughs> the last open, yeah, just did a my, repeat? Is that favorite. your TV in the background I can hear talking? Is there a TV talking? I can hear some talking back there. Oh, it might be a movie. A selfie queen might be watching the movie Megan, the the scary movie with the doll. Oh, Is dude, I'm not, I'm not into that. Um, we got to tell the viewers, I'm not the viewers, the listeners, exactly what's happening. It is actually Monday after the Super Bowl. After my trip to Charlottesville, I flew in this afternoon. We are recording because Graham's got some work things. I got some things. Things just didn't work out for our later show, so we're doing another early show this weekend. And as you can tell. I am hoarse from yelling at ugly Duke players for a couple of hours on Saturday afternoon. Matthew was boots on the ground. He went on a trip to the East Coast, the Far East, and he is just back. I think a good Monday reactionary show is the way to do the Super Bowl. So I'm actually kind of excited that our, our wives told us we had to do it tonight. Yeah, this is good. This is good That's because we're fresh. We're fresh off watching the Super Bowl. We're fresh off of a UVA beating Duke. So we should have we should have some great, great content. We'll get to the UVA Duke game. I think we should initially talk about the Super Bowl. And when would you like to address the the pass interference call? Would you like to do it early? Because everyone is going to start their show, their sports show with it. Or would you like to talk about it is later? Is it cliche? cliche? I don't know. It's cliche to start with it, right? Well, Let's start with, um, I don't know. I think Maybe, we should just, ooh, go ahead. I, did you see Jalen Hurts' the Hail Mary pass he threw? Did that get tipped? It didn't go very far. That did not go very far. I think he was like, he got he tripped or got tipped or something, but there was so much confetti on the field. I was like, well, that was well, that. Was that. that was the last football thing I saw, so it just kind of resonated with me. And I'm hoping Philly fans, you know, obviously, I think I get into this in the in the huddle, but hoping Philly fans turn on him so eventually they won't they won't have him because they don't deserve him. They they might not deserve him. Jalen Hurts, <laughs> Jalen Hurts. Besides that one fumble, played an absolutely perfect game. He was throwing balls that we were not used to seeing Jalen Hurts throw into tight windows. His receivers were making plays. He played his tail off. And I came away from that Super Bowl not thinking that, oh, it was silly that Jalen Hurts was favored against Patrick Mahomes, but almost seeing him in that elite tier of quarterback of what he can do in Sirianni's offense. Yeah, and Mahomes, like, obviously, he's like, after the game, his game his flowers, as the kids say these days, he mm-hmm. said, there's any, there were any people that were holding out or any not haters but uh skeptics or whatever they can't be that they can't be that way anymore after that performance that was no. incredible. I, it was so i think he almost i think he almost won the mvp on a lose in a losing effort oh yeah yeah he almost got the um uh god what is his name the point guard on the Lakers show i'm blanking completely 
You know I what I'm talking no about. No idea who you're talking about. Russell Westbrook. <laughs> Jerry West. He got the Jerry West Award. Jerry West won. Oh yeah. A a uh, conf- or a final NBA Finals MVP. Still losing to the Celtics back in the day, back in the '60s. So one of those one of those uh, MVPs, the losing team. It was so. I don't know if anybody's like talked about this yet. I, I just thought it was so much like that national championship he lost to Dirty Deshaun. Yeah. Yeah, it was just like he won the game for them. He did all he could. Yeah. Was there a bad – was there a weird call in that game too, or was it just Hunter Renfro made a great play? I can't remember if there was a call. Well, no, there was a lack of a call on a pick play at the end okay. of the game because it was very clearly a pick play. Go back and watch it. But I'm not one of those to to have the refs decide the end of the game like we kind of saw in the Super Bowl. And so let's just go ahead and address it. It's not that it was the wrong call. It was just the wrong time for that call, if that makes any sense. Kansas City gets the ball yeah. back with four minutes left. You know that Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes have a four-minute drill dialed up that they're ready to execute. They execute it perfectly. They get him to third and long with, what, a minute and a half left? They call pass mm-hmm. interference inside the red zone, and that was the game. What, I, what the fans wanted to see was the Eagles to get the ball back in some capacity, whether Mahomes is going to score a touchdown or go up by, what was it, one or two with the field goal? Yeah, two with the field goal because they had to go. Yeah, two. We just we just wanted to see the Eagles have the ability or have the opportunity to have a response, and that's what we were robbed of, and that's why I felt felt so strongly about well, letting the guys play yeah. and determine it because otherwise it was a super super clean game. It was a Super Bowl. I, I would say the actually the, the person that really robbed the Eagles from having the opportunity was Jarek McKinnon making that badass sliding play. So, so heads up. Yeah. That would have put, I think that was when he slid, I looked at the clock. I think it was like a minute 38 left. So if he had just, you know, tippy toed into the end zone, Eagles would have had some plenty of time. Did you hear, something. did you hear Greg Olson what? could not contain himself on that play? Like no. they were the, the play by play. I forget who's, who's Greg Olson's partner. The play by play guy says M- McKinnon to the outside and Greg Olson just goes, get down. Just, yeah, just yelled it. Just could not <laughs> help himself. And speaking of Greg Olson, he is really stinking good at his job. He is. And did you know when Tom Brady joins Fox that he's going to take a $7 million pay cut? Who is Greg? Just, yeah. They got of budgeting. They got to figure. Yeah, that is BS. They got to figure out a place. I think someone, I don't know what his contract is like, but if it's. If he gets replaced, certainly they can negotiate a way where he goes to somewhere else. Because if he's yeah, not he's on Fox, if he's not on Fox, he deserves to be the color color commentator in any other booth in primetime game. Because he nailed it. He was prepared and ready, ready to go. I mean, I've loved I've loved Greg ever since he his days third leg Greg with the Seventh Floor Boys. Good old song. YouTube it. Um, also, Patrick Mahomes. Can we add? I mean, add to his accolades of. And we'll get into this, but the fact that he did all of that on a high ankle sprain and made some scrambles when he had to, when it was third and long or third and medium, and he scrambled out of the pocket, got got uh, rolled up on a little bit during a routine tackle, clearly was hurting on the way into halftime and just gutted it out. Well, let's just add tough SOB to to all his awards and future awards. Yeah, he's he's got the – does he have the second funniest run in, in the NFL? I'd say uh, Kyler Murray's toddler – angry toddler run is the best yeah, Holmes has really... kind of a like dad like dad's got a poop with his newspaper in his hand and he kind of he's got that kind of angled helmet yeah it looks like his his, his head is like a dinosaur it's like mm-hmm. shifted forward yeah um 
yeah, he just looks, he just looks so goofy, but he's so, but he's so good at like, you know, using his legs. And I can't believe he was able to use his legs. He must've gotten that, that shot from Kilmer at halftime. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's, there's no chance he didn't just get a tortoise right in, right in the leg, probably his third one of the day. <laughs> you know, they're like, well, cortisone's going to erode all your ligaments. He was like, just stick that, stick that needle in my leg. Just do it. Oh man. And also speaking, let's, let's go over some of the storylines about that call. James Bradbury, the guy who's the defense Eagles defense uh, guy who held who he, Debo Samuel hates. He might, uh, he might have saved like a coup from kidnapping Roger Goodell. He might have calmed down the Eagle town. He owned it. Yeah, I think the mayor of Philadelphia called him up and was like, "You got to say something here. I'm starting to see some, starting to see some crowds gather in the streets. We're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna need. Are burning. Yeah, we're gonna need you to go on the record and say it was. I was the right call. I thought I could just get away with it. And he, I mean, cars were being burned in daylight before the game started, so I can't imagine. Yeah, he did a good thing for the city. Philadelphia is such fudge. They're, they're so trash sometimes when they do that. Ugh. Like, why are you flipping somebody's car in celebration? I mean, before the game starts, like you, you can, you can bash a car in later. You feel you maniacs. Oh man! All right, we got. Well, they're angry. To talk they're about. angry. They lost. They lost a World Series. And now they lost the Super Bowl back to back. So oh, and they lost. Days. I think they lost in soccer too in in the finals. Oh yeah, they did lose to soccer. Yeah. All right. Is that enough Super Bowl talk before we get into the huddle? Because I know we're going to mention it more there. Yeah, yeah. We got stats on it. We got quotes. Um, hindsights. I think I came away from that Super Bowl. Big pictures. Patrick and Mahomes is really good. Seeing Andy Reid happy is very fun. And Jalen Hurts is is a a man. And the Philadelphia, Philadelphia Philadelphia offense has star power. Yeah, of course. I mean, Miles Sanders was was a badass. That was cool seeing. He's Demar Hamlin's best friend. They were they were hanging out before the game, which was neat. Obviously, like, um, yeah, the receivers played a good game. Goddard played a good game. Yeah. I mean, it was it was thirty eight thirty five. It was just like firing on all cylinders. It was the electric. Eagles electric D. game. Yeah, I just couldn't handle that second half because, like, I guess Kansas City really only scored one touchdown in the first half because the other one was that guy Bolton taking that Jalen Hurts fumble in the end zone. So they really held Kansas City in the first half. And I thought when you saw they were down by 10 and the Chiefs had only scored one offensive touchdown and Mahomes is on the sideline looking like somebody killed his puppy, he was in so much pain. It was like, I think this is over. Did and, you Did yeah. you have that thought? I didn't have that thought at I all. I had that thought, yeah. Oh I man, I saw that and I said ten points is not enough. I just thought he was playing on like yeah, like half a leg, and if something happened to that leg specifically, or they would just be like, all right, it's, you know, it's Chad Henney time, or we're sacrificing Patrick's career. I'm sure Patrick Mahomes said, "Give me that needle," but whatever. I mean, I don't. I I the way that Philadelphia was not touching Patrick Mahomes, I thought it was a matter of time. The fact that he sat on the sideline and just didn't have the ball. I thought to myself, okay, that's the only way that the Eagles can win is not have Patrick Mahomes on the field. And they, then he comes out in the second half and scores on his first four drives. It was, dude, I, I, I don't doubt Patrick Mahomes anymore. No, no, I don't doubt him. I just, it just looked, it looked kind of doomsday-ish. His, fa- his face looks like he's, yeah, he looked like he was in so much pain. He was in a lot of pain. He's gritted right through it. All right, let's get to the huddle. The huddle is the good news of the week, the critical number of the week, something you were stuck on, your quote question of the week, and your goat of the week. I feel like I sound like the guy from major league where he's like, you win one game. We got another one on Wednesday. Win that one, that's two in a row. 
There's one on Saturday. Now, what is, what's the final line? You win three in a row, and it's called a streak. It has happened before. <laughs> I feel like I'm that that type of guy. You, yeah, you you've made a full transition of that that character. I like it. Um. All right, let's get to the huddle. So the first segment is the good news of the week. Trainer, give me your good news of the week. Yeah, I mean, you know, didn't have a like I said, this is a win win for the Cowboys because if the Eagles win, we're the second best team in the entire NFL. The Cowboys would be. So that's great. And if they, if they lost, Philadelphia would suffer and the best quarterback in Texas would have won another Super Bowl. So great Super Bowl. But I went with the Who's beating Duke. Yes. Remaining atop the ATC. Uh, incredible game. Mr. Shire is still complaining about the foul call. I love when Duke players and Duke coaches are still complaining about things that happened four days ago or three days ago. So it's good to see them still hurting from it. Yeah. No, Shire saying he's still angry cracked me up. I'm like, oh, because Coach K rat faces down on the sidelines to yell at the refs because he knows where all their like personal bodies are buried or something. He probably had something on each <laughs> and every ref to get him a call. In the state, in the stadium, they showed one angle, and it was like an advantageous angle because from where we were sitting, we were behind the play, like it was right there in front of us, but we were behind the Duke player. And when he did that cut towards the basket, and I realized that Dunn and Reese were behind him. I just had that brief moment of like, oh no, Duke is yeah. going to win on a dunk, on a dunk, and I'm going to have to just go home. Not un- so unhappy. And then the, the the block looked clean. They played one replay, and that was it. They played no other angles, and so the crowd was just giving the refs the absolute business. And I guess what they decided was the foul happened after the shot clock or the shot. Exp- Oh, uh, the game clock expired. Yeah, it hit zeros. Yeah, the red the red lines on the backboard came up. Yeah, and and the fact that there's ugly seven footer who had zero, and I repeat, zero points on the night couldn't finish over six three Reese Beekman. It it should have never been a call. Sorry, you couldn't finish over someone that you're seven inches taller than. You don't deserve Ooh, this call. Tell him what's his name, Don Plowski. Uh, Flippa Klauski ugly face. Flipkowski. Flipkowski. Yeah. There's another. Um, I thought I was going to hate that guy, but then this lurch-looking character came off the bench by the name of Ryan Young, and I was like, you know what? Ryan Young, you're the ugly white dude on Duke that I hate. And he had zero field goals. Went six for six from the free throw line, but had zero field goals. We showed our depth in the paint by having Fakaro, Vanderplow, Shedrick, all were in very deep foul trouble early. I mean, I think Shedrick was on the court in the first half. He had 3,000. Tony Bennett just let it ride. He was like, whatever, you're you're expendable with how soft your hands are, lotion hands, Shedrick. But it was – they really showed the, the the depth and their ability to guard by keeping the bigs out out of the um, – well, just didn't let them score at all in the paint. Yeah, came out of the paint. The, um, all I got to say, if you're a Duke fan, welcome to not getting calls go your way. This is how it usually goes for the rest of us. I'm so excited to uh, whisk you away in the NIT this year. You guys are lame. It's so sad that you don't have Coach K to get those calls for you. But I tell you what, JPJ was so loud, you could barely hear the whistle when he called that play. It was loud and bumping. And the OT, we outscored him 11-4. to 4. So we we they were given a chance to win the game. Duke was given a chance to win the game in overtime and they failed to do so. Yeah. What was like uh what would you say like a little bit of a 10% Duke contingency at the game? 
was a little, was no, a little not corner. even, not even. They had the two, they had the two rows behind the, Keep uh, them out. the behind the players dude. And one guy, every time there's a, there's a new thing where they throw like serpentine in the air. The first couple of buckets that the Cavs got. Okay. And every single one was just directed right at the Duke Duke bench. Just <laughs> just hitting hitting moms and pops at the back of the head with these with these streamers. It was it was hilarious. So UVA improves to 19 and 4, 11 and 3 in the ACC. They are sharing the uh the first place with uh with Pitt. So they're they're splitting first place right now. Pitt really good. Under underrated in the polls. Well, they bought their team, Massey. Oh, that's right. UVA ended up forcing twin Jim Bayheim telling Botcher, Jim, shut up, Jim. They forced twenty-two turnovers. I don't know, Jim. I don't know, Jim. Uh, uh, UVA forced twenty-two f- turnovers. Many of those, many of those, the ball just went out of bounds. They just threw the ball into the crowd. So pretty uncharacteristic of a Duke team. So UVA shot poorly from the uh, free throw line and the three-point line. It was. It was so frustrating to watch UVA miss all those free throws. That's pretty un uncharacteristic. But they went ahead and they finished the game. They executed well. They had some really good set plays so they could finish at the rim. Kihei Clark just decided to score 14 points in the second half. I thought, oh, there you are. Where where have you been all game? He sets invented of uh, college basketball. Right? Dude, he's played. It was very fun. And someone was like, you know, he's played the the most minutes for UVA basketball. I was like, well, he started as a true freshman. And he's taking his COVID year. He's played. He started for UVA for six years. So yeah, of course he's played the most. He's been there the most. Oh, speaking of six, there's yeah. only six regular season games left until we got selection Sunday, uh, which is this part of my good news beyond the good news. Selection Sunday officially less than a month away. Opening day for baseball with Jacob Degrom on the Rangers and the mm-hmm. Masters with your favorite Patrick Reed are both less than two months away. And we're only 260 days until the NFL season begins. Yeah, that's good. I can't. Uh, when is the draft? That's soon. I'm gonna say end of April, early May. Um. Oh, last thing worth mentioning is the fact that UVA probably has a strong nine-man rotation with not a lot of not a lot of diminish in the in the style of play and what they can do offensively. So I thought that was good to see. Our boy McNeely from West Virginia, white guy, true freshman. Looks like a looks like a, he's going to be a stud. He's even better than he was at the beginning of the season. All right, but let's let's continue, trainer. Give me stealing your stealing him. Give me your uh, critical number yeah. of the week. No, I was just, yes, stealing him from over the state line. Critical number zero, as in zero good commercials. Just kidding. There was one good one. The one about Tubi. You see the Tubi commercial? Yeah, that faked people out. I thought it was pretty creative. Uh, yeah, that one's good. Um, the reason I knew it was a commercial because no one knew what Tubi was. You never used Tubi before? I've used some Tubi. There's some there's some garbage movies, some garbage horror movies I've used Tubi for. You got to watch commercials, but you know you get a free you get a free viewing experience. It's worth it. All right. Well, I've I've never seen it. Tubi before. fan over here, big Tubi fan. Uh, one, right. uh, Patrick's the Patrick Mahomes, the one quarterback who's ever won a Super Bowl is coming from the Big Twelve. Really? Yeah, I couldn't believe that. That's interesting. Big Twelve's not that old, but there's been a lot of Heisman winning winning quarterbacks and a lot of you know, I guess it's definitely like, had some recent recent uh, success in the quarterback room. Yeah, and then two 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 two, uh, Patrick Mahomes, two time MVP, two time first team All Pro, meaning the best quarterback, two time Super Bowl champion, and now two time Super Bowl MVP. The first player 
since grocery store Kurt Warner to win the NFL and Super Bowl MVP in the same season. There was an MVP curse. I think they were 0-9 going into oh, the Super Bowl. Oh, that's right. And he broke it. Yeah, added that five straight AFC championships in five years as a starter. He has done this in his first five years in the NFL. Kansas City, I envy. I envy you. Oh, no, and I don't think – I don't ever see I, – I mean, obviously, we, we hate his wife and his brother – I don't ever see myself like not liking Patrick Mahomes. I don't think there'll ever be like a heel turn like, you know, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, well, like remember when remember when it was like cool that Tom Brady was the underdog and he won those couple Super Bowls and we ended up hating him? Yeah. I don't know if that can happen for Patrick Mahomes. I might get sick of it, but whatever. He's he just seems like such a nice guy and and what he does is so fun to watch. Yeah, he crushes beers. He plays on painkillers and horse tranquilizers through pain. And Andy Reid, Andy Reid is so fat and happy. He's not like Bill Belichick, mm. who all, is all grumpy. Andy Reid just like, True. oh, Jolly. this is great. I saw an interview where he sat down with one of the AP guys, and they were talking about the same play that they ran for two touchdowns. Um, and like, what is the name of that play? And he goes, Corn Dog. He's like, no, seriously. He's like, no, we call Corn Dog. He's like, well, what is? Patrick calling the huddle, he goes, corn dog. Is there anything better than a corn dog? Little mustard, little ketchup, you know, corn dog. And it was just like, God, I love you. You know, a balanced diet, a corn yeah, dog. Corn dog. Um, I, I loved uh, Kadar- Kadarius Tony was uh, at insult to injury. He faked injury to get off the Giants, you know, NFC East rival. And then he came up huge with a touchdown and then a huge punt return that changed the game. That that really changed the game. The punt, the punt return. return, the punt return was like, uh-oh, uh-oh, yeah. we might and Special be teams wise, there. there was a doink. There was a Harrison Butker field goal doink for the Chiefs. And a very loud really, doink. They must, really mic, they must mic the the field goal post now or something. Oh, yeah. it's It's got like every single, it's got surround sound on it. It's yeah, great. it was like, Doing. I was like, oh, there it is. That was <laughs> very clearly. Kicker gets a doink. It's like. Yeah. <laughs> My critical number was, do you know how many sacks there were in the game? Zero for the Eagles. I'm going to guess three for the Chiefs. There was one sack. Jalen Hurts got sacked once, and it was because he was running towards the sideline and was not even touched going out of bounds, but ran out of bounds because he couldn't get the edge and was – the guy was credited with a one-yard sack. Those offensive lines played lights out. I mean, flawless, flawless football, and it was so fun to watch. Only one sack between the two two defensive lines, and the Eagles' strength was supposed to be their defensive lines. I read it out last week. They had 70 sacks. They were the third best than the 84 Bears and the 85 Bears, respectively, and that's what I thought the difference was going to be, but it didn't matter. One sack on the quarterback, absolutely flawless performance. And for whatever reason, I cheered for Jason Kelsey because he's like the first offensive player, offensive line player that I've just looked at and thought he was so great. Oh, who's the guy for Kansas? Andrew Dillon. Never heard Mm -hmm. from him. Never heard from him all night. Why? Because he was doing his job the whole night. Pancaking, bro. Yeah, I mean, there was there was some good, good, good offensive play. Jason Kelsey, so he's, such a, he's such a sweet looking teddy bear with a beard. He always looks like he's like kind of like his eyes are like he looks like he's always crying a little bit because he's just a sweetheart. Do you remember his after Philadelphia won the Super Bowl and he was playing? I forgot what position he was playing, but he was in his uh, the parade. Do you remember what he was wearing? He was wearing like stockings, like a jester outfit. It was so no. hilarious. I've kind of liked watch, him since I didn't then. watch the Eagles Super Bowl parade. 
Uh, it makes sense, but he was out there like <laughs> chugging beers and, and cussing on the mic. It was freaking hilarious. All right, trainer, give me your stuck on for the week. Uh, I, I put crit. I just uh, question kind of a question to you. Cringiest moment. Um, some of the some of the commercials we got the whole like. Uh, what do you? How do you feel about the nostalgia commercials? Reenacting scenes and movies. Oh, I already forgot. I already forgot what they were. I mean, there's that. There's uh, the actors playing uh, Ben Affleck at Dunkin' Donuts drive-through, and you got Bradley Cooper playing a T-Mobile retail. Clerk, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. What do, you, what, what do you think? I don't know. I mean, they're all right. Rihanna's halftime weather. weather I thought, balloon, I thought the, I thought the commercials were very forgettable. Yeah. Um, or this was my winner. My stuck on was LeBron getting booed and then putting on an imaginary crown. Did you see that? Yeah, I did see that. I thought yeah. that was funny. You're so tone. <laughs> you're so tone deaf LeBron. Um, the halftime performance. Do we want to talk about that? Because it, I can't believe how much of Rihanna's hits that I've forgotten. Oh yeah. Her, her catalog, her discography, discography is, uh, it's pretty, it's pretty damn solid. I would say the performance was meh, but what dude, it looked like the, uh, never want to say it. It looked like the, uh, uh, bash brothers. What are those called? Super smash brothers, super smash brothers set up when they were coming out on all the, uh, the levels and stuff, of course, like I was like, wait, they're not, they're not strapped in. How are they strapped in? They're not strapped in. Just thinking about just watching one of these dancers careen to the bottom of the one almost did one of the, yeah. One of the guys in the, in the uh, big, big white Yeti suits almost fell off. But I think that they they had some safety mechanism. I saw from the, from a hip belt onto the platform. So that, Uh, so I I did see that the, check um, out the details. Oh yeah. I was like, how in the world are they doing this? I thought it was great. I thought it was all, all, all I was disappointed that Jay-Z, which was in attendance, didn't perform with her for see me coming in something, something. Man. It was, yeah. I mean, last year was just so jam packed with like collaborations. Cause it was like, Oh, here's, here's uh Mary J here's, here's Dr. Dre. Here's 50 cent. Here's Snoop Dogg. Here's Eminem. It was just like, they were all like kind of singing together. I was hoping some people would step up and do like a, you know, little duet. Yeah. Did you know Rihanna was the first self-made female billionaire? I didn't know that. I don't know that. Be yeah. Like she's worth 1.4 a car, self-made Kardashian billionaire. I don't think so. <laughs> um, yeah, she's got like a make beauty line, makeup line. She hasn't gone on tour in seven years. People were like, is this announcement of her tour? She comes out and you're like, well, she's pregnant. She's probably not going back on tour. She's just a business yeah. lady now and now is just crushing it. I, I was I was stoked for Rihanna. I, she's also a very, a very attractive human being. Took oh, that, yeah, it's very, very- that, was a, that was one of the takeaways that I took from that. Yeah, the bedroom eyes she gave at the beginning, big time. Yeah. All right. My uh, my stuck on is Zion Williamson and his injuries. Oh no! What happened? He hasn't played since January the second. He has been. He has what they call a setback with his hamstring. Since being <sighs> out, the Pelicans are seven and fourteen. They won tonight. Granted, tonight is Monday. Um, they just beat. The, <laughs> what, does that, what does that mean? Because by the end of the week, by this airs, they could they could oh, have lost okay. two more. A couple more losses. I um, I will point out that they beat the Thunder, who King James and the Lakers couldn't do the other night. Uh, the Pelicans were atop of a wide-open Western Conference. It did not seem like there was a dominant franchise out there. 
uh, probably less than the Nuggets and the Grizzlies. They were they are one game back from being the sixth seed, and they're one and a half games back from being the eleventh seed and out of the playoffs. That is a very razor thin margin, and we do not have our best player on the floor, and it's driving me bananas. Wait, Trey Murphy's out too. Trey Murphy's not out there. Trey <laughs> Murphy, I love him. I think he's grown six inches since college. Um, and he looks, he looks electric. He's three. They want to call him three and D, but he's so much more. Um, I mean, it was, yeah. I mean, obviously now we have to worry about the, the West seemed more open, obviously. What now, did, and now freaking KD is was in, a the, splash. in the mix. It was a splash. A lot of injury concerns for, you know, him and Paul and Booker's banged up and DeAndre Ayton can be kind of a head case. So, you know, a lot of things have to come together, but talent wise, Obviously, the Suns got a lot better. The Nuggets are already good. I'm surprised the Grizzlies didn't do much at the trade deadline. No, I didn't hear much from them. And the the, uh, Warriors, they only really, like, gave up on the James Wiseman project and sent him to Detroit. They got Gary Payton Jr. back, which is good for them. But, I mean, the West just got a a lot better with KD coming over. I watched a couple of Warriors games, and I thought Wiseman was worth the time and effort, but he wasn't developing fast enough, especially with Steph, Clay, and Draymond kind of in, I wouldn't call it the twilight of their career, but they're definitely in the twilight of their eliteness. It's just kind of a round, yeah, kind of a square peg, round hole, putting a guy like that, kind of a project, into the mix of a team that obviously like is in win, win now windows closing mode, and they just are coming off a title. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough fit. All right, trainer, give me your quote slash question of the week. F you. Congratulations. Yeah, I know this one. I know this one. Explain <laughs> it to explain it to the people. Uh, this, this is our, the aforementioned, uh, the cute uh, Jason Kelsey, seeing his brother, Travis, who won another Super Bowl. Uh, brother versus brother, as everybody was told many times. Many times. The game, uh, their exchange at the – the end or whatever, what do you want to call the post game? Everybody gets on the field and shakes hands. That was like his little fun response to, you know, losing, losing the Super Bowl, but also seeing his brother win another one. So. Yeah, that is, it's good round. We we've, we've now can put a button on this storyline. We can, we can, will we ever see it? We always see brothers. We saw brothers coach against each other, the Harbarns. And now we've seen the Kelsey's the players play against each other. Will we ever see another brother on brother? The Bosa brothers? There's the Bosa so brothers. Hated. So hated right now. But they're both uh nope, nope. They're Defensive NFC. Lineman? They're NFC AFC. Yeah. Um what about the Diggs brothers? Stefan oh, and Trey. Thank you, Massey. I like thank you. I like where your head just went there. Bill's Cowboys. Love it. Yeah, so that they could potentially and they they potentially would go head to head, like actually they would. offense they would. defense, you know. Yeah. All right. My quote of the week, which makes Terry Bradshaw seem like a complete moron. Uh-oh. When he was introducing uh, people to come or congratulating people on the stage, getting the Lombardi trophy, as he's talking to Andy Reid, he said, come on, big man, waddle on over here. <laughs> Luckily, that was Andy Reid, and he just won a Super Bowl, so he probably didn't care and probably didn't hear. And even after the fact where he does care, he's not going to get offended. But Terry Bradshaw, what the hell was that? Hot calling the kettle black there, Terry. 
Yeah, seriously. Oh, and I have a, I have a question. I have a question to follow that up. Yeah, Terry. Terry is. It'd be great if what if Andy just goes. Would you say they're baldy? Yeah, yeah. Would you say you? Yeah. Was the national anthem good? The Stapleton one. Yeah, I love Chris Stapleton. I thought it, I thought it was good. Yeah, I thought it was better than Rihanna. What? Yeah, I thought it was amazing. Wow, I I didn't know if it was worth the tears, the tears that I saw. I saw the tears, but I thought the, that was kind of the moment getting to Sirianni. But I, I I was like, is it really as good as is advertised? I mean, nothing's worth crying for. No, no <laughs> national anthem is worth crying for. No national anthem is worth crying for is what I meant to say. I've I've um, cri- I've, I've cried a lot as a man. I'm not afraid to admit it. I wish I could. Something's wrong with me. You're because your your soul is dark. It's Jerry. It's Jerry Jones. I blame Jerry Jaded. Jones. I have a second quote for you. Yeah, go ahead. Only one. Um, I don't know. This refers to when you were talking to the police of, when you got pulled over this weekend in a golf cart. No, the police did not. Thankfully, did not come on the golf course. Um, because I had a few. Because you know, Virginia beat Duke. This is the number of trade offers. I had a few too. Were, I had about a baker's said, double baker's Derek, dozens, honestly. Derek Carr, uh, the Saints were the only team that actually like sent a trade offer prior to Derek Carr withdrawing himself as like eligible to be traded. What does so that mean? Basically, I saw that and I didn't even know what that meant. In terms of like him saying like um, he's opting out of his contract, so he's not like he, they can't acquire assets for him. It's kind of a a smack in the face after what they did to him, which I think oh, is great. Oh, I, di- I didn't. Okay, I didn't fully understand that. So he's like, I'm not going to accept any trades. I'm just going right. to go in the free market and these guys yeah. can, can pound sand. Which is great. It's like the anti, remember when Carmelo Anthony got traded from the Nuggets to the Knicks and the Knicks had to give up so much for him that it depleted their team. And then Carmelo gets there. There's nobody to play with really, except for like maybe a Mari Stoudemire, who's kind of like in the twilight of his career. So if he becomes St. Derek, he did the saints a huge, um, huge favor. service. Huge favor by we, we not, just got, not letting him trade assets. Yeah, we just got back a first-round pick for the first time in exactly. umpteenth years. Um, I'm afraid that Derek Carr is going to be in the NFC South and not with the Saints. That is my fear. Hmm. What are you thinking? I Panthers, think he might Falcons? go to the Panthers. I mean, Falcons less so, but it wouldn't shock me if – uh, Kyle Trask isn't ready to be the starting quarterback in Tampa Bay. I just think Derek Carr wants to go to a division that's not, say, the Chargers, the Broncos, and the Chiefs. You know, like he just he that'd wants be to be the NFC South. That would be the NFC South. I but think I think the Saints. There. He's already had. He's been wine and dine. He he returned for a second wine and dining with the Saints. So I think things are. There's been two meetings. Yeah, there's been two meetings. I'm not gonna lie, trainer. I've had a long weekend, man. That's where, well, that's where my brain went. It was like he, he opted out of his contract. I think he's already kind of like made a decision with the Saints. This is this is going to play into my uh, cl- uh, clairvoyance, our Friday headline, where I think Derek Carr will be a Saint by week's end. That would that would make that would make me happy. Although I mm-hmm. still want Jameis Winston around. I just want to get rid of Andy Dalton. I'm tired of that guy. That guy stinks. He did beat the Eagles. Stinks out. Lo- <laughs> that's a good point. Wait, yeah. are the Saints the second best team in football? It could be. All right. Gardner Minshew. Uh, thanks thanks for the silver lining. Um, I forgot where we are. Was that the goat of the week? Or was, no, that was that a was, quote uh, of the week. You, you have a quote if you want to give me a quote. No, or a quote. I get, you can ask I me get, a question. I've, asked, I've done both. All right, give me your give me your goat of the week. Philadelphia fans um, lost, as we said, lost World Series, Super Bowl back-to-back. They're blaming the refs. 
and the grass, some grass that came from Stillwater, Oklahoma for losing. Um, Man, that's my go to the week is the grass is the field. Oh, the grass. Nice. They might be, I think that we're, are we starting to get to the jumping the shark of hitting televisions after your team loses? Yeah. Are we, yeah. I feel like Philadelphia might've, it just, has it become like, I'm just buying a TV to destroy it, to get on, to build my brand on online, on social media. Well, TVs, TVs like <laughs> 10 years ago were like some highly coveted, you know, huge purchase item. And now they're like a dime a dozen, you know, you can get a nice TV for not that much. So yeah, you stage it. Yeah. So you just get, you, you don't mind TVs aren't as valuable anymore. So it might as well destroy no. one. The field at the Super Bowl was bought for 800 K. It was developed at that ag school, Oklahoma state. Um, and they called it for like three years, right? Oh yeah. For like three years. And you you get so drawn out on media headlines that even the field was starting to make headlines because they were running out of stuff to talk about. So they spent 800 K on this field, developed it over, over a long time. But for this particular event, developed it for two or three years and it's called Tahoma 31 Bermuda grass. They were created in the mindset it was safer for the players because of its strength of its root system to prevent slipping and divots from forming. And Greg Olson in the booth was just trashing it all night long. They're like, look at this. They showed piles of cleats where they were changing the cleats in and out. People were slipping. I mean, everywhere. Even like the guy after he scored a touchdown, one of the Kansas City touchdown, he stopped and slipped before he could do a celebration. I was like, Jesus. You saw the people out there at halftime filling the divots like they were uh, golf course maintenance guys. It was absolutely, absolutely ridiculous. I thought it was so funny that they hyped up the field for player safety because the players have been trying to get just away from turf. Like we need safer playing services. We need grass. And they're like, Oh, here's the solve the problem. They're like, this is like a water slide. We cannot, we can't even play on the stuff. No, I just, yeah, it's hilarious. And they like, I mean, yeah, there was a development of this grass for so many years. And it obviously like Jalen hurts. Did he change his cleats between the first and second quarter? Was that right? I think he might've changed them after the first drive before that. Yeah. So it was uh yeah, it, it, it didn't go well. All right. All right, that is the huddle. Do we have an updated score for our picks during our football season now that we've wrapped up? I did. I did one for you. Um, we wrapped up with Massey taking Philadelphia and me taking Kansas City. Massing it up at 31, 38, and 32. The champion. Wait, myself. 31, 38, and 32? Or in two, excuse me. 31, 38. Not 32 ties. Excuse me. I, I misspoke there. Okay. All right. 31, 38. What'd you get? Good to point that out. 36, 35, and two. So one over 500. I'll take it. Man, we freaking crushed, dude. We're so good <laughs> at this. We're, what is that? A combined, uh, what, we got, what do we got here? 67, 73, and four. That's not, that's not too bad, right? I mean, yeah, I, I'm we're, such we're, an idiot. We're semi pros. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a bona fide moron when it comes to picking games. Um, I forgot what we ended up in college. I think I was sub 500 too. Oh, combined. Um, I think I combined everything throughout all the weeks. So that was like a combination of the, um, uh, what do we <laughs> three up three downs and the college picks. I don't even want to go over it. Sorry for all those taking our betting advice out there where we're, we're legal here in Wyoming for betting. And if you took my advice, um, I'll buy you a beer or something. That was my bad. All right. Plenty. Plenty, uh, plenty to talk about at the beginning of the week, but we have a couple of new segments called "What are we calling it?" Clairvoyance and hindsight headlines. We've already talked about the KD trade, where I think it's worth saying that 
the Suns after the moment after they uh, sold the majority share of the team to Matt Ishiba, he he just gave away all their all their future picks in order mm-hmm. to get KD, which I thought was very funny. The four future first round picks and what was it like seventeen second round picks? Do those even matter? Is that just like change? They're like, oh yeah, and it's like it's pennies. Pennies on a dollar. Yeah, yeah, if someone for sure. asked for like twenty five dollars and thirty one cents, the second round, the second round picks with a thirty one cents. They just like I dug, mean, I, yeah, they just dug in their pocket and found some second round picks, and they're like, oh, here's here's to make a balance. It's just yeah, it's just scratch tickets where like you could scratch off and win five dollars back for buying the ticket, or you get Nikola Jokic, you know, in the second round, and you've hit the lottery. So there's, I guess, if you acquire enough of them, sometimes you're going to hit on something, but. Second round picks are definitely not something that's coveted whatsoever. They're just kind of like something you sell to the fans. Be like, hey, like we're rebuilding and look at all these. We got four second round picks in the upcoming draft. Like, isn't that exciting? I wonder how many second round picks equates to first round pick. Meaning if you could trade second round picks to get a first round pick, what would you think would be like five, three, three to five? Just to get a a non, yeah, non lotto pick. Yeah, you still probably have to get at least four or five. To get a lotto pick, it might be in like six or seven. Anyway, yeah. All right, let's talk about Friday headlines. Or no, we call it, we used to call it Friday headlines. I think we're gonna. What, would, what did you call it? Clairvoyance. Clair clairvoyance, like clairvoyance, but boys were boys. Okay, I'm not even sure if I no, know what clairvoyance good. means. Clairvoyant, just a psychic. Send okay. it in for psychic. All right, <laughs> I I had a thousand beers this weekend. No, you're good. I had. Uh, I went with say Derek by week's end. Massey Zeman has a new QB one. All right. For the New Orleans Saints. Here's my here's my long shot call. Uh-oh. Kyrie won't be with the Mavs next year. Oh, we're going, we're going deep. We're not talking about just this Friday. You're talking about this Friday, he's already off the team. And no, he's already pissed somebody uh, off. Well, that, that's <laughs> the thing. I had the Der- I had Derek Carr, and we already talked about him and uh, kind of in the progression of the huddle. But Kyrie, Kyrie's on a Maverick by the weekend. Kyrie's already saying, well, how about this? Kyrie will be in the news headlines by this Friday with the headline won't talk about his future with the Mavs. He says he doesn't want to talk about the future and and therefore we're just the media is going to grab it and run with it and just hound him more and more about his future free agency coming up this summer. <laughs> I is, mean, yeah, I can see that. It's, as long as it's not some sort of um, controversial political statement, I'll take it. If he just doesn't want to talk about his future with the Mavericks, that's a win for me. Um, and maybe, and maybe we're trending towards war, war, war three, since we're shooting down Chinese weather balloons. Some of them they're considering, uh, they're considering all the options that they might be aliens, like that some alien ship has come down and dropped down balloons. And I'm telling you, if an alien life form came down to drop down surveillance systems, it probably would not be balloons. If they flew all the way across the galaxy to get to this earth, they probably just didn't drop a couple of balloons in the atmosphere to spy on the Montana's nuclear sites. Yeah, wouldn't we have seen? We would have seen their spaceships, so like already, right? I mean, they can't be. If you're dropping balloons, you got to be within the the atmosphere. Yeah, you got you can't because otherwise they'd burn up, right? But yeah, the way that those alien ships move is that they're able to manipulate gravity, whereas in our civilization, we just were able to measure gravity for the first time. Gravity is is in the form of a wave. I mean, we understand that light is a form of a wave and has a spectrum because somebody uh, put a crystal on a what was the experiment on a window and then they saw the prism whatever um but those <laughs> ships those ships are able to actually control gravity we had to measure gravity after two black holes a zillion light years away collided with each other and we were able to have a huge facility underground with golden orbs floating suspended in liquid to be able to measure gravity 
as it the the aftermath of the gravitational effects went through our solar system and we were able to measure it for the first time thinking about having control of gravity as a wave in order to manipulate the field the field around you to move aircraft that is a technology we haven't developed yet so we might not be able to see these guys are we headed towards like id4 for real this year independence day four yeah like you know fourth july this year we have like the will smith jeff goldblum incident oh i think that i think that would probably probably make headlines um I don't think so. You see the aliens look at this planet and they're like, yep, ship shape. They're probably just looking around and be like, well, just let, let them self-destruct and we'll move in here without any casualties. So they're just kind of like putting the, the weather balloons are like just cameras. They're kind of observing what we do on a daily basis. Yeah, because I mean, also, you, also you got to think if they're, if they're any sort of light years away, right? Like, let's say if there's 10 light years away, I have no idea what that's like in, in regular years. But they look at this earth and they see dinosaurs, you know? So like, cause the, the, di- oh. the light from the They're earth on a delay, like a streaming delay. Well, yeah. If, if, if the speed of like, if you, if you clap from a long hallway down and you hear the clap later, it takes a mm-hmm. little while for that sound to get you, to get to you. But if you're looking at a huge scale and saying that the light from earth that you can see with your eyeball has to travel years and years and years before somebody else can see it, that light's old, right? Mm-hmm. So they might look down there and just see pterodactyls and T-Rexes and be like, nah, no, no, <laughs> we're not, we're not in for that. So maybe they have to get a closer look and see what's happening real time on the ground. <clears throat> I never thought about it. Have you been researching this recently or you just know this off the top of your head? <clears throat> I spend a lot of time staying up late around campfires, trainer. <laughs> oh, sports fans. That's all the time we have. That is all my voice can take. Download our podcast wherever podcasts are available. <clears throat> All right, that's enough coughing. That's it. That's all. Got to thank my co-host, Graham Trainer. Rest up. Yeah. All right, I got to go.